0: Hi, I'm Ernie Hudson, and you're listening to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 132 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce, Sharply, hello, and Matt the hello. It is Monday night, December twenty-first. By the time you lovely listeners will be listening, it might be Christmas Eve.
2: Merry Might Christmas. be
1: even Christmas Day. Spending your holidays with McSauce, we appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to, to all. All and a good night. Well, maybe maybe that's how we should end. We don't uh-huh. want to leave anybody out.
2: Hanukkah is Hanukkah over? That's over, right? Kwanzaa is right after qu- Christmas. You could be listening to this on Kwanzaa. So uh, Kwanzaa Eve, Jolly Kwanzaa! I don't know what we say. <laughs> Kwanza Eve, you are a shame to your people. Uh, nobody knows what Kwanzaa is. So you know it, know what it, is- it is some African stuff. Don't know. You don't? Do you celebrate it? No. Okay.
0: Do
1: you celebrate Christmas? He's Jamaican, yeah. not African. What? He's Jamaican, not African. They celebrate jamaican <laughs>
2: <laughs> In fairness, I'm more German than anything, guys, so... Yeah. You
1: know what they celebrate? <laughs> murder.
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: Hanukkah, that's for sure. <laughs> Merry,
0: Merry murder.
1: So, last weekend, Star Wars The Force Awakens opened. We all went and saw it after some ticket fiasco a couple days prior, but we got it all sorted out. Well, we laid it in line. Is
0: it really sorted out? Well, Fandango.
1: Man, you'll never have to buy a ticket for the next four years. Much like Star Wars. It's an ongoing saga. Right. So we all went, we saw it, and we're here tonight to bring you our thoughts, our concise thoughts about the movie, about the characters, about the missing 20th century fox theme in the beginning everything you want to know we're going to touch on it tonight Ian and I saw it twice Matt only saw it once because he's been having some health issues he's not going to die folks don't get excited but he was yeah don't send us
2: your replacements yet
1: (laughs) hold those our little guy was a sick puppy over the weekend yeah I'm going to see it again you feel better now
0: I think I just kind of tipped my hand. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna see it again." And I guess that means I liked it, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about why. But we'll talk about
2: that after Housekeeping with with Ian Sharpley, of course. A long time ago, last Thursday, <laughs> in the galaxy far, far away, he made me want to leave Housekeeping in sometimes. Homestead, PA. <laughs> Matt, Paul, and myself traveled to see Star Wars: The Force Awakens. We've discussed on this podcast a whole bunch of times how the announcement of this film was kind of the the seed of how the Mix comic book podcast was was birthed. The idea that one day at their cubicles, Paul and Matt having a rousing discussion, decided to have a, maybe maybe have a podcast and maybe invite their good buddy along too. <laughs> so. It sort of has, it sort of has a um, special place here at McSauce since it's the genesis of everything that we talk about here. You can go to mixos.com. It's the rebel base, if you will, of all of the things that we do here. You can check out the web comic, our reviews on the comic books that we, eh, I don't know if we love them. We usually hate them. Right around now, we kind of hate comic books. I haven't read anything in a long time
1: two weeks ago i didn't even have any reviews because i didn't want to buy anything
2: (laughs) yeah i've been really down on comics but good thing that star wars has kind of taken up a good chunk of my time you can also check out the podcast on mixsauce.com. the best way to stay updated on everything that we do is go to the facebook page we update all of the links from mixsauce.com there we also have interesting bits of pop culture that we find on the web so you can check us out at Facebook slash McSauce. You can download the podcast a number of ways. iTunes is a good way to get it. If you have an Apple device, if you work at an Apple store and have Apple products, that's an easy way for you to do it. If you're more of an Android person, you can stream <coughs> it on Stitcher Radio. We also have streaming options at Potomatic. You can download or stream and you can check out all the classic episodes at McSauce Podcasts dot do yourself a favor and go and check out episode 16 the sequels Hans Blue Balls <laughs> where we speculate about what episode 7 was going to be we also invented a measurement system to gauge our excitement and expectations in that episode so you can listen to that and hear about all the stupid things that we thought The Force Awakens was going to be and For all the cool things we thought it was going to be that it wasn't I want
0: to go back and listen to that episode. I'm I sure that it's got, like, I kind of want to listen to that one, then this one. <laughs> if this one turns out to be good. So far, so good. I'm going to give it, you know,
1: you feeling it so seven feeling and it? a half at least. <laughs>
0: so, Room for improvement, but it's solid. It's the, early, though. This- Only five minutes in <laughs>
2: This weekend wasn't all about Star Wars. It's the holiday season, as we mentioned. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Life Day, if you will. We celebrate all of those holidays with our Toys for Tots donation drive. This weekend we went and used the donations that we received for a trip to Toys R Us. I think that we got some really good stuff. We made a beeline over to the Star Wars section. and. Made sure that we got all the little boys and girls, all their favorite heroes and villains from Star Wars. And uh, I'd like to thank the people that chipped in. Uh, Jason Miller, Lauren Bay, Dominic Yossi, Tom Lynch from 30extralives.com. Dot as well as the cat that always dies. Lion R.J. Hickson, Teresa and Alan Barker, and, of course, Rita and Steve Sharpley. Thank you very much for your donations. They were well spent, I think, this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think we had a pretty nice take
0: Yeah, thank you, everyone, for donating. Um, this is the third year in a row we did it. And this was my favorite one because we filled the cart. It was basically Star Wars Christmas. We filled that cart, filled to the top, you can see pictures on, on our Facebook page. Um, but that thing was just loaded with Star Wars toys. I mean, th- if you guys remember last year when we went to Toys R Us, cause every year we go to Toys R Us to do this. Last year we went, there was like, you were lucky if you found a Star Wars Rebels action figure. But this year, Rebels, The Force Awakens, lightsabers, coloring books, everything. BB-8s out the ass. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they didn't have BB-8 anal plugs at Toys R Us. Just
0: oh my god, with that two-headed thing, how long until that becomes a butt plug?
2: <laughs> I don't see BB-8 as being a butt
1: plug. I see BB-8 as being more of a vibrator. See, a like magic wand.
2: I disagree. I think it's more mm-hmm. of like a ball gag kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I guess so, but can't you see him perched on top of the wand? Me. Could be. Could be. What about a vibrating butt plug? See, I see like the Star Destroyer butt plug.
2: Ooh. I mean, round corners, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if we're if we're doing a vibrator, I think Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Uh-huh. I mean, you could you uh-huh. could get a couple of people on that ride <laughs> at the same time, so. Don't steal our ideas out there, sex toy makers. Hey, it's you know it's it's recorded right here. We can re-
1: reference. Copyright, right now. Mixed copyright. Sauce, sex toy, Inc. Why don't we talk about the Force Awakens? What? Why don't we derail this train right here? Because sure. Lord knows we could keep going. So some of, I think we're all pretty pretty excited for this, right? Yeah, t- yeah. A little wary anticipation, you know, after the prequels. We don't know what exactly what we're going to get. But I think by the time, you know, that last week, the last two weeks leading up to it, we were ready to fucking go.
0: I found myself getting more nervous the closer we got. The more I was starting to doubt all of... Because leading up to it, I was so sure. I was so sure it was going to be great. Then I started, like, kind of thinking, well, wait, maybe it won't be great because... J.J. Abrams has never made a perfect movie. All of his movies are flawed in some way. What if... What if he drops the ball? What if he drops the BB-8? Is... Is... The first Star Trek flawed? Yes. Quite heavily. Because they shoehorned that dumbass... Uh... Storyline of trying to appease... The existing Star Trek nerds... By having it actually take place within the same continuity as the existing stuff. Hey, See, look. I thought that hey, worked look. really well. Hey, look, chief. If you don't like that, then create new characters. Create new characters that aren't Kirk and Spock. If you're telling me you can't sell Star Trek without Kirk and Spock, if if Star Trek needs to exist on the strength of those characters, then don't do it. Don't do it. I don't need something that's like shoehorned so heavily, like it, there was no reason for it. It could have existed perfectly fine on its own, but instead, you like it was almost it was fan service. For such a minority of fans and to me that like broke the story. Did
2: people have a problem with it? are you just saying, you, you're saying that you are the one that had the problem with it because this is sort of the first time that I'm hearing a lot of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Contrary to popular belief, I don't speak for the people.
2: You I, usually do. <laughs> I speak. The way you make your arguments, you make it seem like everyone agrees with you and you're just a simpleton. <laughs> a simpleton? No, the way Matt does it is we're simpletons. That's what I'm saying. We're just oh, simpletons. Oh yeah,
0: no, you're not. But um, I would I would say that that the new Star Trek was clipping along at a great pace until they introduced Leonard Nimoy, and they're like, oh hey this is me from a different universe but kind of like not really it's it just like convoluted uh, what could have been a very great straightforward action adventure sci-fi movie and it's like this is supposed to be the jumping on point because Star Trek has never appealed to the to the masses on a scale of like star wars this was their opportunity to do that and instead they kept one foot firmly planted in the existing continuity and it's like you shouldn't have done that it should have either been a reboot or it should have been all new characters that took place within the same existing universe personally i think it should have just been a reboot because that's what it was with that
1: bullshit shoehorned into it but that's what we got See, I thought that bullshit worked very well. I think every, all of the problems started after that movie. Because they were like, look, fans, here's your stuff. We found out a way to make it work. It's all connected to Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner. Now, get out of here. Now we're breaking off and we're doing our own thing. But they didn't.
0: It was, but you then just they said went you just right back it. to the you old stuff.
1: You just said it. but just the like, Here we But go. I think it worked well. I think they it, found a way to do it where it fit the story, it fit the universe, and like I think that's a great fucking movie. The only problem I have with it are the banana peels and cream pies Kirk with the fat hand stuff in the beginning, when his hands swell up. I'll
0: take I'll take four fat hands over the, the ridiculous time <coughs> continuum. Like,
2: but we're, we're not here to talk so Star, Star Trek. Yeah. You had your reservations because of J.J.'s track record yeah like look paul were you nervous going in did you have reservations about what this star wars movie was gonna be yeah but i i still have like
1: prequel shock yeah like yeah but you know as much as as good as this looked you know all the talk about practical effects and you know going back to the roots and all that stuff all that's great but what's the actual finished product gonna look like so yeah i was pretty excited And by the time we watched when the big trailer was released, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. I was all in. But I still Mm -hmm. had my reservations. Because you never know until you see it. Yeah.
2: yeah. I didn't start really fully getting nervous until right before the trailer started playing in the theater. And then I started kind of getting all the fears of, oh man, you know, I remember how I felt... Midway through The Phantom Menace, and I kind of felt like it was dragging, and they were drawing things out a little bit, and the plot was a little bit too complex for what I thought a Star Wars film should be. So I started getting those kind of fears right before the film kicked in. But before that, I was like going along for the ride. The trailers had me hooked. I like J.J. Abrams as a director in the films that he has out there, so I was, I was all in going in.
0: I like him, too. I want to clarify... I do. I just think that there, you could almost grab any one of his movies and be like, "Ah, he shouldn't have done that in that movie." But generally, they're all very good.
2: I think the biggest problem that JJ has is following up his films um, and TV yeah, properties. Yeah, have said that he's a like, starter. He not starts a things, and that's good. So. Knowing that, I was like, okay, well this is perfect. This is the beginning. He can kinda he kinda has free reign. I mean he clearly is gonna pay homage to the old seventies and eighties stuff, but he he can do whatever he wants with it, and I think he's gonna be he's gonna be well suited for that. And do you
1: think he did that? Did Uh, he make a successful Star Wars movie? Yes.
2: He made a very enjoyable Star Wars movie that I think did pay homage to the old stuff maybe a little bit a little bit too much. Maybe followed some plot points a little too closely. But overall, it was a very successful, well-received, enjoyable film. If you were going to give it a number grade... I would do it at the end of the episode, so as not to bury <laughs> the lead. Is that the lead? Um, yeah. What the final thoughts... When, you, we, when you give a well, review so. score, yeah. you don't start...
0: I give this movie a 9. It's and here's then, why. And it, then here's why. You say, I thought this, 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 and this about the movie. I give it a 9.
2: If we give the fans our number grades, they will turn it right off right away, and they're not going to listen to So we have to tease them a little bit. A little suspense. Mm. Seduction. You know, that That's kind of stuff. That's the dark side. Paul, what did, what did you think? Do you think that this film followed the plots of the original trilogy a little too close, like I felt? Yeah, they mirrored they mirrored too
1: much. Uh, you know, like when you have when you have X-Wings and you have the same characters, and you know, you have the I have a bad feeling about this line, that's that's plenty. You know, you're picking up the story of the original trilogy characters. We don't need to follow plot points. We don't need someone to dump a droid with special information on a dust planet for someone to take back to the good guys. Like, all of the big plot points were too much. That doesn't mean they were uninteresting, because I was all in, but I don't think they needed to follow it as closely as they did. You know, Han's Obi-Wan. Luke looks like he's going to be Yoda. Like, they're just they hear too much that i wanted to see them really break out of that and do other things i think it, either last episode or the episode before it i said my biggest fear was they were going to do just this right and they did and I- essentially remade
2: a new hope with sprinkles of empire and jedi thrown in and i argued with you i didn't think that there was any way that they're going to stick that close but um that is that's what they did they did stick very close
1: it was still entertaining it's still the hero's journey the hero's journey's been told a billion times it's gonna be told a billion times it just matters how you tell it and
2: i thought they did a really fucking great job at least through the first two acts yeah i don't even mind uh, sending a droid away with something Critical for our hero to go on their main adventure i just kind of wish that it wasn't just like oh here's this map to luke skywalker well we'll get there okay matt how do you feel about the closeness and similarity of this film and the original trilogy i have no
0: problem with it because i really like the story in the original trilogy and this is a theme that's been part of Star Wars since the beginning. Shit repeats itself. It's done it from movie to movie, and trilogy to trilogy. And this is no different. I could argue that The Phantom Menace was a rehash of A New Hope, probably just as strongly as I could argue that The Force Awakens is a rehash of A New Hope, but in different ways. Like, is there a droid with secret plans in The Phantom Menace? No, but you know, look at the end celebration of A New Hope and compare it to the end celebration in The Phantom Menace. Holy shit, is that similar? So, like, it there's these repeating kind of, like, notes throughout that it's fine, it's fine. Because I, I wasn't thinking that as I was watching the movie. I was totally in, I was totally engrossed. And those weren't criticisms that, that hit me in the moment. If I look back and analyze, yeah, okay, there's similarities, but it doesn't bother me.
2: Yeah, I I don't I don't want to seem like Star Wars having parallels throughout their films is a problem. That's fine. I think that it was too many for my taste. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that um, Star Killer Base, it, that whole end plot, that whole end was almost the exact same thing as a New Hope. Um, I also don't like the. And I've heard this a bunch of times on a number of podcasts talking about Star Wars. Well, you have to do similar things in Star Wars because that's what it always is. I feel like that's that's, that's bullshit. That's that, that, bullshit.
1: You don't need to. You can do other things and still make it. It's making the
2: audience it's 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 making the intelligence of the audience lesser. It's it's not giving the audience enough credit for like we just have to tell you the same story because that's what you expect. And well, no, I, I I can handle a different story. I wasn't going to mention this tonight
1: because I don't want to give Matt any ammunition to throw back at me the next time I'm trashing the prequels. But what The Force Awakens did make me realize is that even though, like you said, you can draw parallels with A New Hope and Phantom Menace, they're not as blatant as this. And as far as the entire prequel trilogy goes, they really went in some different directions
2: uh-huh. with a
1: lot of things, and it really made me appreciate that about the prequels. For as silly as I think a lot of the stuff is, and as much as I don't like it, I do like that George Lucas was like, well, I'm kicking the doors down here, and we're just going to go in to do all crazy new shit. Yeah. Whereas, like, like Force Awakens, as much as I loved it, I feel like it just it was just too tight. All yeah. Like, beef well, for beat sometimes. See, that's the cool thing about George
0: Lucas, is that he he was always interested in just telling stories. Whatever he had in his head, he wanted to tell that story. Excuse me, I didn't mean to create an bouncing that ball over Sorry. there. What J.J. Abrams and company here did was they were trying to retell stories. And like you just said, Paul, it really makes you appreciate George Lucas. It's like, oh man, you know, personally, I wish he was involved in this movie. As much as I liked it, I will take my chances and and say that I wish this would he had more of an influence on it on the story. I bet you we would have got something more original. Like he's always been the idea guy and this is when the real magic of Star Wars happened for most fans. The Empire strikes back. It was still his idea but he collaborated heavily with other people. He had somebody else direct it as opposed to him directing the first one. So we have all these characters that have already been introduced but now they're they're fleshed out in ways that probably George Lucas wasn't capable of doing on his own. But he was capable of creating them and putting them in the the interesting scenarios that another greater writer when it comes to like those like heavy emotional beats could kind of take and and just propel it into like
1: I don't know Into outer space. Outer space. George writes Um, the story, someone else writes the script, someone else directs.
2: Well, that's the thing. I watched Empire Dreams, the documentary about the making of uh, the original Star Wars, and it becomes really clear that the biggest problem that George Lucas had was not having an editor in the prequels. He didn't have the financial restraints that he had on Star Wars. He didn't have the technological restraints that he had. And all those things made for a... And, and he didn't have you know, people from the um, higher-ups coming down and saying, you need to trim here, you I need mean, to trim there. Have, he needed an editor. And that's, that's what the failure of the prequels is, is that it was completely his idea and his vision. And he has great ideas and great right. vision, but he needs somebody to edit it down. In this circumstance, if he had J.J. Abrams to maybe help him along, I think we might have gotten something that, that was it, more original. It's been so weird seeing the fan
0: perception of George Lucas kind of transform over the last month or so. Because he was public enemy number one for the longest time, but now there's like this appreciation for him. He was at the premiere and he got like a two-minute standing ovation. And it's like... That's great. It, it is great. And and I saw that Michael Arndt was still responsible for a great deal of what was written in this movie. And Michael Arndt is the um, the original screenwriter tapped by George Lucas to uh, take his ideas for this new trilogy and basically flesh them out. Michael Arndt got so far until J.J. Uh, Abrams got involved And then Michael Arndt was saying something like, hey, I need 18 more months to finish this story. J.J. Abrams said, well, Disney's given us six months to get it done, so what can you do? And he couldn't get it done. So J.J. Abrams said, okay, I'm going to have to write it myself. He brought Lawrence Kasdan in, originally who was just going to be a consultant, much like they wanted to use George Lucas as a consultant. I guess for whatever reason, that wasn't working out. Was there anymore. like
2: a contractual thing or something? No, was there something like I don't a? so. No? So it was just maybe like a personal barrier? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a shame. So they brought Lawrence Kasdan in. So, I mean, if you can't have George Lucas, the next best thing, Lawrence Kasdan, right? So they bring him in, and Lawrence Kasdan wanted to completely start over. But J.J. Abrams said, no. Michael Arndt introduced us to this stormtrooper that turns to the good side... And he also has this character, this female character, Ray, who's like a scavenger and everything. And those were Michael Arndt slash George Lucas's ideas. So, to a degree, it's still George Lucas's kind of idea, but from a
2: certain point of view. From a
0: certain point of view, but I think it's been heavily kind of altered. Yeah. um, Along the way, but I would say. He probably intended to kill Han Solo anyway. Spoilers. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty wild that Michael Arndt was the guy responsible for both Ray and Finn. And, and if you saw in the credits, the credits, I believe, started with directed by J.J. Abrams, the end credits, and then it said based on characters and situations created by George Lucas... And then I think it said written by J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Kasdan, and Michael Arndt. And Michael Arndt actually gets credit on the movie poster as well. Interesting fun fact for you.
2: For all you credits nerds out there. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice in the credits that Mark Hamill was second build.
0: Second? I noticed that too. I wonder
2: how much he got paid for Bullshit. his role in. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Now, Daisy
0: Ridley was like the sixth build actor on there. Pretty sure she was the main character.
2: Yeah, pretty sure too, yeah. Um, the second time that I I watched it, I was able to filter out all the, the unknown that I had going in the first time, and my criticisms coming out, the first viewing were all about, well, I would have done it this way, and if I was writing this story I would have changed that, and the second time through, I feel like I, I had a, a more enjoyable experience. I knew what was coming. Um, I was able to focus in on a lot of the things that I did really like about it. It was sort of like the same way that I rewatched uh, Dark Knight Rises. The first time, I was like, oh, man, you know, Batman's not in this movie. The second viewing, you really get to relish in the parts that he actually is on screen. Mm-hmm. So the second time through... Got to really enjoy all the stuff with, with Ray and Finn, their interaction. Got to take in all the awesomeness that was Harrison Ford and Han Solo. Um, there's a lot of really good things. I know that we spent a lot of time kind of like talking about things that we didn't like so much. More, more of that to come. Um, <laughs> Matt, what was what was your favorite, if you had to nail down a favorite thing, what was your favorite moment? Well, I told you guys
0: this already, and I've had a day to kind of sit on it and think about it, and I'm going to stand by my original thing, and it'll change over time, but right now my favorite thing was the opening crawl. It just, it it sounds kind of weird. It was all
1: downhill after that.
0: That that seeing letters scroll up a screen are, are the best part of a movie with tons of action, effects, excitement, drama humor but the reason why I liked that so much was because when I started reading it I felt like I was being transported back into the universe it was it was so symbolic it meant everything to read those letters to see episode seven to to it was almost like a confirmation that they, fi- they really did, they made a sequel to The Return of the Jedi. It was almost like, because I had been telling myself ever since they announced it, I'm not gonna fucking believe that they're making Episode 7 until I see it. And when I see Episode 7, The Force Awakens, scroll up the screen, yeah, okay, they finally made it. And seeing the first line, Luke Skywalker has vanished, it was like, oh my god, it's, it's, we're back, we're back. It's, the, we're talking about Luke Skywalker. And then we finally get to see what is the context? What, what is the state of the universe that we have not known? Like we've gotten three trailers and 3000 TV spots and we still knew nothing. We didn't know shit about the state of the, of the galaxy. And finally we see it and it's like, okay, there's a Republic. Okay. So this is what the resistance is. The first order and and like things are starting to kind of make sense. Like it, it's just finally, finally making sense. Like thirty years later, this is what's going on. Those opening words were so powerful to me that yeah, that was probably my favorite part.
2: Paul, and then it
1: was all downhill from there. It wasn't downhill. <laughs> Paul, did you have
2: a favorite part, or did you just hate this film?
1: They hate it every second of (laughs) it. My my favorite part was also fairly early. um, And it's the entire sequence between when Poe meets Finn to when they crash that TIE fighter. I could watch that sequence over and over again. I thought their chemistry on screen was great. Their chemistry, even in the short meeting they have at the Resistance base, was fantastic. Even when they saw
0: each other from a hundred yards apart and ran at each other and s- embraced. It was
2: wonderful. Did, yeah, did, it was was should good. have been slow motion.
0: Was I the only one that started to think is Disney bold enough?
2: Oh no 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 no. <laughs> they? They're not doing that. They're not okay. doing Gay that. and interracial? Yeah I mean. They, They're already straddling they the interracial line. Interracial? Couldn't, they couldn't pull the trigger on a Ray Finn smooch. Which I thought we were going to get at some point. But that, they didn't dare do that yet. No. Maybe in mean, the sequel. Yeah, we're
1: straddling the interracial line. We're not ready to go full interracial homosexual. Oof. No one's ready for that at the Disney complex just Why yet. Why not? I mean, I'm had all to, in. Had, like, I'm, yeah, that would I be thought cool. I, hey, those people. Thought I for, A Poe Finn Ray love triangle. I thought Poe and, and, po and Finn had some of the best chemistry with each other in the movie. I mean, like those dudes just generally clicked. Right? Wouldn't you like, like right to right see that kind start. of relationship? And like, I wanted to see, I wanted to see more of that. And yeah. I like, I bet you did. And that's one of my problems with the original trilogy is that I don't get to see enough Luke and Han together. Like, I rewatched it last week and. The exchange between Luke and Han, whenever Ben leaves them on the Death Star, and he's like, Wait here, I'll, I'll be back. And then they find out Princess Leia is there. Like, that whole bit between them is so great. And we never get to see that because they're split up for so long. So, and it was, I kind of felt the same way in this movie. We get Poe and Finn in the TIE Fighter, the sequence where he jets out of the, that uh, First Order ship. And it's going too fast for him. He's like, oh, this thing really moves. It's so fucking fun. It's so much fun. And then later on, they meet up again. But the rest of the time, they're split up. So episode eight, that's number one on my wish list. More bromance time. (laughs) Well, I think you're going
0: to get it because I think it's a safe bet that we're going to get a lot of Luke and Ray together. So Ray's going to be away from... Those two dudes. So, yeah, we'll get plenty of bromance time.
2: If Finn can snap out of that coma that he got put into.
1: I, I don't really know.
2: <laughs> I don't really
1: know how that works when you get a lightsaber raked up your back.
2: Yeah, you, you go went, into a coma. But... I, I mean, guess it's just, like, <laughs> the shock of being cut that guess, badly so. and laying in the snow well, for so it, long. It
0: depends how deep it went. Like, if it took some of his organs out or whatever.
2: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Finn wasn't... Finn wasn't really the best at uh, anything. Finn (laughs) Finn was...
1: Finn was, you know, jack of all trades, master of none.
2: Yeah. He could could get by. See, I don't know if he jacked anything. He kind of stunk at a whole lot of things. And for that... I I disagree. He was... He was marginally good
1: at a lot of things. He got those TIE Fighters... Off here, he got the cannons off the Tie Fighter. He got yeah, the he Tie did. Fighters off the Falcon. Pretty much held his own against the stormtrooper with a electro weapon.
2: He? Then he gets put in a coma I mean, by Kylo Ren. But up until no, that point, he got his ass whooped by that stormtrooper, <laughs> and I loved that. You know why I love that? Because, because you would get your ass whooped by that Probably. Maybe I saw a lot of every man. I, I saw a lot of him, myself and Finn just generally sucking at a bunch of stuff.
0: Finn is the Dusty roads of the Star Wars universe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that's, that, that's for that old comic smell. The Stormtrooper battle, is. it boils down to when you're first using a lightsaber, that's kind of how it's going to go. He didn't even know that was a weapon. He had to have that explained to him. He's not going to go tearing shit up. He's probably going to get knocked around a little bit, in a universe full of hotshot pilots, Jedi masters, Knights of Ren. It's nice to know that a waste management guy can have a starring <laughs> I role. Wish, I wish they would have put that
1: line in the goddamn movie
2: because everyone's throwing that horseshit back in my face. That is a uh, trash. Yeah. yeah you- Hooks up the trash compactor That was so funny when everyone's like Do they have a trash compactor? He's like, oh yeah, I can work that fucking thing Because every argument I
1: have about How Finn's not a useless piece of shit And he gets through quite a bit of shit In this movie And he is a jack of quite a lot of stuff He's not great at anything But he holds his own right up until he gets put in that coma Everyone's like, well he shouldn't be doing any of that He's just a fucking garbage man do you think the fucking empire would put him on the ground like in a situation at the very beginning of the movie
2: well, if ma- he didn't excel to a certain level past garbage man? Well, in fairness, stormtroopers probably get cycled out of the front lines a whole bunch due to just getting annihilated here and there. He probably got a promotion, maybe he didn't deserve. Maybe he was a great garbage man, but he got promoted up to the front lines. And that was clearly yeah, his first yeah, fight. I don't, yeah, oh, it?
1: it was. He says it, but I don't. I don't think the first order being as hardcore militant as they are are just going to be like, yeah, you go ahead. Like, I mean, they're monitored as we see from birth. Like, right. And they he had, have his entire he had a great life track career. record. This was his right. first right. offense. Boom. So says right up on the Captain screen. Phasma. I have all his info. So that's why, a, why he got promoted. He's been a flawless stormtrooper right. up until that point. Right. So, stop telling me he's a shitty garbage man.
2: He's the best garbage man they fucking have. He's the best garbage man <laughs> in the galaxy. He, he just, the thing that's endearing about Finn is that he's, he is your everyman. He's not fucking awesome at anything. He's not hotshot Poe Dameron who can fly any, I can fly anything. I think that's a direct quote. Laughs in the face <laughs> of fucking Kylo Ren. Cracks jokes and shit. Dude just froze you, stopped your laser blast, you cocky asshole! You're just gonna have some witty banter with him. I want more. I want. I want more Poe out of the
1: X-wing. I want more Finn. I want more of them together. They can kiss.
2: <laughs> Fuck it.
1: Let's go. <laughs> just get them on the screen together
2: so i'd say that sex be magic the new characters for me and it sounds like for everyone they worked. they were really great i love them as uh, new additions to this universe Rey also was an awesome character just kidding <laughs> no 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 she was a great character i like that she's she's going to be the main protagonist of this new star wars we do have problems with some of the things that she did do we want to get into those right now why don't you tell us what
1: was your favorite part
2: of us awakening i i just told you i really liked i wasn't listening. the general thinness of it all if there was one moment couldn't see that coming the fact that he's <laughs> black has nothing to do with this character it's not uh, referenced it's not folks, folks visit if our facebook page If you didn't and, know and look
0: at the the toy that ian is holding for um the Toys for Todd's drive that we did no
2: coincidence my favorite
1: I'm gonna character. am going wake up tomorrow morning and the homepage will say McFinn <laughs>
2: <laughs> my favorite character in the Star Wars universe is Luke Skywalker always has been dressed up as him His days were many fun. many times has nothing to do with color I'm colorblind but anyway he if was I, your
1: favorite until if, if, I,
2: if, I, if I had one no he's always been my favorite and he always will be right up until Lando no, it's okay. No, he's always been. My favorite if is I, Luke
1: because I'm a white guy.
2: That's <laughs> how it works. <laughs> is that are those all the options that I have? I can either go Finn, Mace Windu, or Lando, right? No, there's a black Bespin guard. There's also a black guy in Jabba's palace. There is. He uh, doesn't he he comes around and pulls uh he pulls Leia away in, from Han Solo. Ula was black even though she was a Twi'lek. Oh, we'll see. Black I got actress. all these. She was a Twilight. Come. All, She's all these blind. choices. My favorite moment is the first time that we get to see the Millennium Falcon and how Ray and Finn escape. How you get to see the Millennium Falcon kind of clumsy and shitty whenever it's piloted by somebody who's taken the controls for the first time. That whole scene was just magic. It was awesome. The way that they they do the like sort of halt stop and flip the falcon so that they can gun down that last tie fighter it was really exciting action and and i love the the scene after when they're flying away and they they um they come out of the cockpit and they're talking to each other and how did you do that and they're just the excitement and the enthusiasm and the chemistry of those characters it was really awesome i'm so, surprised they didn't
0: say i fucking used the force Watch me use it later, bitch.
2: Another one of my favorite For my family.
1: <laughs> Another one of my favorite bits is when Finn first sits down in that gunner's seat. And it, it's too much for him to handle at yeah. first. Like, it's this old relic of a ship. And he's used to these new sleek whatever the fuck they're using up on the First Order ships. And he gets into this old beat-up shit. And he's just, like, bouncing from side to side. Like, I, I love seeing how much power is in the Falcon still.
2: Yeah. The stuff that they do with Finn, it's he—he's humorous and comedic, but not goofy and slapsticky. And I think that some of the humor in the the prequels wasn't as natural as it came off in this. The only the only
1: Finn scene that I think got away from him is when he's going nuts on captain phasma a little
2: bit that was that was yeah the part. yeah phasma. i agree all right let's I agree let's
1: wind it back
2: here. even even droid please is a little no way i'm all in on droid a little please too
1: wacky. <laughs> i'm all in on droid please it's so fucking silly so um
0: yeah i'd have to agree with you with you guys that when he went off on captain phasma it was like come on we were really?
1: talking we were talking sunday about what the I told you, like, the silliest part was seeing the stormtroopers back away from Kylo Ren, but that wasn't what I was thinking of. It was the Finn thing. Yeah. Going off on Captain Phasma.
0: Yeah, it was too much. Now, speaking of Captain Phasma, this might be a good opportunity to start talking about maybe some issues that we had with The Force Awakens, and Captain Phasma leaps to mind. Because, why? She was billed as the new Boba Fett of this trilogy. And if we're taking things literally at face value, I guess she really was the new new Boba Fett of this trilogy because she looked cool and she did nothing. And she got taken out like a bitch.
2: Well, we don't know her ultimate demise, but I'm pretty sure she's going to get pumped Uh out by a blind guy pretty soon.
1: No, well, I'm pretty sure she made it off starkiller base and she probably got ambushed by Chewbacca. So well, like I'm not well, No, they didn't I did. don't think she
2: went out like a
1: bitch this time.
2: No, 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 no. But like we're not saying that she's dead or anything like that. I think they probably just tied her up somewhere and left her.
1: Yeah. But like we don't see, like we see Chewbacca sucker punch her and take her out. Right. right? And that, but then they're talking like that's
2: how they shut the shield down.
1: Yeah. Right. But like I don't, I don't think she went down like a bitch. I mean, Wookie's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty serious business. Yeah. Um, unless you think Chewbacca's a pussy, that
0: No, I don't. But I do think that having a character that you that you're promoting the way that they're promoting her, they're slapping her on the poster, they're going out of their way to tell us how cool she is. She's representing. Uh, the, the, the female gender on the, the bad now. side is like, this is how powerful, cool, and strong females can be for the bad guys. Yeah. And she literally does nothing. She accomplishes nothing, and she gets sucker punched and taken out without putting up any kind of fight.
2: She only looked cool. She did nothing cool. That was disappointing. I thought... And if you wanted to make her have a little bit more impact in the first scene where we get Kylo Ren, that's very cool. I like the entrance and everything, but I think it would be more effective if Captain Phasma came down and was the leader of those forces. And then maybe you have Kylo Ren come in and capture Poe, but you have to give... Captain Phasma something to do and they gave her nothing to do. She just said some words here and there and right. that was it. And it, and that was a big letdown for me because dude she does look cool. That's an awesome armor and she's physically imposing and I wanted to see something some kind of action set piece or her thought, do anything. I
0: thought we would get a fight between her and Chewbacca or something. Yeah. You know some kind of like who? what would be a good fight for Captain Phasma?
2: I think that you hit it on the nose there with Chewie because one of the reasons why you cast Gwendolyn Christie is because she's physically a large imposing woman and you play that up a little bit. Put her up against somebody that we all know is established big and powerful. I think that would be cool. Um, one thing is that she wasn't the only female stormtrooper. There's another point in the movie where they're talking to just a random trooper and it's a yeah. woman. So... Yeah. That's kind of cool, but girls are bad too, right? They are now. Yeah. You know, you,
0: one other little tidbit. When you said when they introduced the Millennium Falcon, you thought that was really cool. I agree. And I also noticed when they panned over to it, they actually played the Star Wars theme. Oh, that's it cool. It was like... Da, 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 da. And, like, it was just for a second, and then they got on it and, you know, took off. But I thought that was a cool... Like, that was... That was one of those, like, nostalgic nods for the fans. Yeah. And it was, like, totally acknowledging. <laughs> That's right, it's a Millennium
2: Falcon. Here's even some music to commemorate the event. I was taken by surprise, even when they're running. And I guess if they would have said no that's a hunk of junk if they would but she says it's like garbage a piece of garbage if they would have said a hunk of junk I would have been like oh fucking Falcon but I think it was cooler that it was a surprise like that Ah. Um, but man that's a that's a really great moment Um,
0: but back back into maybe our our issues with um, with the movie well you know what actually I'm not ready to do that yet because there were some things that I really liked because I thought Harrison Ford was really great uh you know as this is we're we're talking spoilers and everything obviously so he he was so good in this that his death was made even that much more traumatic for me so i really liked han i thought that this was maybe outside of the empire strikes back the the most relevant arc to his character ever um you know i, th- I feel a bit that he, his character was wasted for return of the jedi and this was just like it made up for that and then some by having the villain be his son um it showed a side of him where he was unsure that he could bring his son back you know he's like if luke couldn't do it how in the world can I do it?
2: Yeah, I like that too. His you know, Han Solo is all usually charisma and cockiness, but you really got to see another that was side of probably The best moment that Carrie Fisher as Leia had,
1: and it was all due to the dialogue where she says, Luke's a Jedi, but you're his father. Right. That and did like, have That a lot really of weight. brings everything home because other other than that I thought Carrie Fisher was bad.
2: It seemed like um a lot of her dialogue was her walking away from the camera or not. The camera wasn't on her. Like she was it it, it seemed like it was all or mostly dubbed over and it was strange. Well, I don't think it I don't product. think it was dubbed over. I think it's just weird seeing
1: trying to hear a voice come out of that plastic face. They did as much as they could to make her look normal, but it, like, it looked like they had a filter Mark on the camera. Campbell, Mark Hamill looks like shit. But Mark Hamill looks like natural shit like Carrie Fisher looks like a fucking plastic doll her lips don't move she's clearly been smoking two packs a day since the end of Return of the Jedi like she sound she sounded bad like I I feel like Harrison Ford was invested he was in. he was immersed as Han Solo again but Carrie Fisher
2: was like give me the lines i'll read them do we also have to put that on harrison ford is a working actor who has been in things that we've seen recently Like yeah, he has continued I mean, to work what's know, carrie fisher done in between now and you know the jedi now yeah
1: she hasn't but i i don't know i just and granted she doesn't do a whole lot i mean she directs people around yeah yeah around the base sits down when Han dies so she doesn't have to you know really put it out there but I don't like uh, of all of all the characters that came back. Like she felt the most unlike
2: the the, original, the version. original
1: version of herself.
2: Yeah, I think that was the biggest triumph of Harrison Ford was that he gave us Han Solo just how we remembered him, just a little older. You know, well, so a lot older. Okay, a lot older. They're all a lot older, but I mean, he felt like the the smuggler that we met in the first film and i thought he did an awesome job. He was he was one of my favorite parts of the film as well, despite him not being black. So that's a Yeah,
0: you know, back to Carrie Fisher. I was so worried about how she was going to look when they, you know, announced this movie and then she lost all that weight and she was looking pretty good. Um but i guess i never really considered how she was going to sound yeah. in the movie and she just she sounded rough like really rough and I thought couldn't they have like fixed her voice or something a little bit more in post
2: yeah make
0: her sound le-
1: like less like she's been smoking ever since the battle of Endor the theater cheered when she first showed up and like that was great and it was great to see her again I mean you can't replace you can't get another actress to play her but like I, I wanted I wanted more from her she didn't have a whole lot to, to work with but mm-hmm. I still wanted I wanted something more from her. Maybe from we'll Princess get that.
2: Leia. Maybe we'll get that in the next film. Maybe. But um a lot of that but, surrounding this movie. Yeah. Maybe we'll get that in the next film. Why don't we move to another thing that we all really I think we all really liked. Uh, Kylo Ren as the the main antagonist in this film. Kylo Ren was
0: was more than I thought he was going to be. I was nervous that he was going to be a little bit one-dimensional, but he was anything but easily the most complex character we've seen in a Star
1: Wars film yet. Probably my second favorite part of the movie was Kylo Ren. Everything. His voice, his look, the
0: lightsaber, his attitude. Like, Paul, you said that you didn't care for his temper tantrum. When he slashed up that control panel, yeah, I actually loved that. I,
2: I did. I liked it better the second time because my criticisms of him were all, "Well, he should be more subdued, and he shouldn't do all that stuff." And then I thought about it, and that's Vader. That's who Vader is. He's a you know trained in the Jedi Order, uh, he is a Sith Lord, but Kylo Ren isn't any of those things. He's he seems like he's undisciplined. He's maybe partially trained. Maybe this is how you turn out whenever you don't have any kind of uh, guidance. And he, he seemed like a temperamental kid, and that's what they were going for. And I liked it much better the second time. Ian,
0: let me tell you, let me let me put simplify what you just said. Kylo Ren is very much like his grandfather, Anakin. Mm-hmm. He was like like episode two Anakin... If he had already gone dark. Like, he had that kind of a whine... Like, you remember when he was, like, screaming in the movie... I don't know about you, but I was like, Holy shit, that's Anakin Skywalker right there.
1: Like, See, I would- I've heard over the last couple of days that that's a negative.
2: His his whining? That he's, he's too much like Anakin. He's just a whiny mm. kid.
0: No, I'm not saying I mean, that is a negative. I'm saying that as an observation.
2: Anakin's kid was looked at as a whiny maybe that's a Skywalker trait I think
1: the comparison is a positive because this time we got an actor that had better dialogue to work with better environments and situations to work with Adam Driver sold this thing he's fucking terrifying like every scene he's in he fucking delivers it and if he's an uh, impetuous petulant child like Anakin's supposed to be well, Hayden Christensen just never sold it for whatever reason. But, I mean, like, you believe Adam Driver in every scene that he's in. When he's on that bridge with Han and he says, like, he feels like he's being torn apart. Everyone in the fucking theater is like, oh, my God, he's breaking down. You know, he's, he's you know, turning turn to the light side and then the sun goes out and the lighting changes in the room and his face glows and red and his, his, his face changes like Adam Driver just gets this entirely different look on his face and you're like oh shit but he delivers all of it so fucking well he should be an impetuous child he's been chasing you know, the legend of his grandfather for all these years he's going to the wrong places for it he's already committed all these fucking sins killing Luke's Jedi Order probably Luke's wife By the looks of it, like, he's dealing with some shit and he's trying, he's chasing the quickest resolution to what he wants. And, like, he keeps getting fucking hitched up, especially in this movie, by, like, you know,
2: the resistance. I mean, he has (laughs) the role model that he's looking to is the worst one that he can possibly. He's looking at the bad parts of his grandfather's legacy and, you know, taking those all in. Something that I didn't like about. Uh, Kylo Ren I thought he was going to be more we're going to get more of a sense that he is collecting artifacts that he is this um, obsessive uh, collector of Jedi and Sith things that I thought was one that- of the earlier rumors I thought, and and that stuck with me because it seems like such a cool thing for him to be, collecting things. Um, And I thought that when he's talking to Vader's helmet originally, I thought that would be a cool moment to have a room sort of dedicated to some of the things that he's found throughout the years. And the one thing that maybe is missing from his collection is his grandfather's original lightsaber. And I thought that would be a great plot point for him to be looking for what he feels is rightfully his.
0: Did he know that that was his lightsaber?
2: I would have liked it if he was just
1: looking for Vader's things. Just his... That, the, yeah, the, that would work too. The things from his family that he feels he Are has his. the right to. Yeah. He clearly knows that lightsaber when he sees it. I don't is think it? that okay. they say okay, I'm
2: it, go. but I'm, I think that is an important thing for... Them to convey well, I, to the audience. Yeah, they that don't, That's what he's. That's something that he covets. He doesn't say,
1: "Oh, I know that's Anakin's lightsaber," but the way he looks at it, yeah, and the crazed look on his face as soon as he sees it, and he says that. There, he says like that is mine, or that yeah, or that belongs to me, or something. Like he's yeah. not going to say that about. Oh, it's another lightsaber. I'll take that one too. Yeah, like he loses his mind when he sees that.
2: Yeah, I think that should have been played up a little bit more. That's a that's a minor complaint. But i think that that would have been something else that i would have liked to see i didn't necessarily love that he took his helmet off when he was talking to ray when he had her captured um i get that you need to see his face at some point but it kind of undercut the dramatic tension whenever he comes face to face with his father and i'd like han solo to be the one To humanize him at that point, not just some random girl at some random point in the movie. Um, Like I said, that's a minor thing. It doesn't kill the movie for me or anything. I think that's a valid. I think that it would just have more weight, even when she's like, you're just a monster with a mask, and him have another point of dialogue in there to kind of combat that, not just like, oh, yeah, I'll just take this off. I
1: get at the moment why he takes it off, because she's like, you're just a monster with a mask, and he's like, all right, look. I'm a regular dude, and I'm still gonna fuck her day up. But like that, what that, that takes me to one of my favorite things about Kylo Ren is the two times they show him put down that helmet, how heavy it looks. Yeah. Both times he puts it down, it just clunks on the ground, and I'm like, man, that guy's
2: carrying that around on
1: his neck. Yeah. He's a badass.
2: Uh, one one minor moment we talked about him slashing up the uh, the control deck whenever he gets some bad news. I kind of like that. So he does all that. And you think that he's going to instantly kill people because that's what Vader would do—he'd just kill. But then he's like, "All right, is there anything else?" And you figure that that guy's going to be like, "No, I'm out of here." But then he's like, "Oh yeah, shit, there's this one. We fucked this other thing up." And that's whenever he snaps. I think that's a cool difference where you—it plays on the audience's anticipation of him doing one thing, yep. and Kylo Ren's different, so he does something a little different. Yep.
1: Yeah, I thought Adam Driver was so good. I thought he was so fucking scary. Because he's, he's 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 he is so impetuous. Like you don't know what he's gonna do. Like Vader's a Darth Vader's a bad guy in the original trilogy. I mean he rolls in, you know he's just killing dudes, chokes a guy. But every there's a method to all of his madness. Like he's following orders. He's following a plan. He's measured. He, right. He doesn't just lose his shit. But with like with Kylo Ren, I feel like it's when you meet a when you meet a dog that you don't know is gonna let you let you pet him or he's going to bite your face off like you don't know what you're going to get with him
2: and he's always looking for he seems to be looking for approval he's looking he's he's talking to the supreme leader and he's like you know give me one more chance i'll be able to do this and he's he's arrogant instead of taking bb8 and you know he's like no no no, no. i uh, With a girl this is it's like <laughs> shit that didn't work out like he's not a perfect villain well, he's doing things wrong because he's arrogant and hot-headed right. and well, emotional why don't we talk about the new addition to the star wars universe giants <laughs> well do 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 we, we think giant giant gold do we it was, think it's a giant or was, do we think it's a
1: projection i thought it was really funny that in the couple days afterwards all the people that i talked to that saw it like one of the first things that was brought up was is supreme leader snoke a giant he shouldn't be a giant and everyone was losing their shit i'm like whoa 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 well, like some goofy stuff happens in this movie. And <laughs> that was a thing you are going to admit
2: that was one of the first things we said when we came out. Do we think he's a giant, or do we think it's a projection? Well, it's, it's, it's clearly it. a projection. It's a but mid- is projection. it a life-size projection? I don't I it
0: like the projection in The Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back, Big uh, head. The, the Emperor with his giant head, I don't think anybody was like, oh my god, the Emperor's just big, floating giant head.
2: <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if he was even bigger than the projection?
0: <laughs> I, I think he... <laughs> they I mean, shrunk it, him down. <laughs> that's like... That's, that's the <laughs> <advice>.
1: <laughs> if I had to, If I had to guess, I would say he's maybe... Maybe he's eight feet tall. Maybe. Maybe seven to eight feet. He's taller than a normal person, but... Like I don't think we're going to see the that other he's going to be Yoda. Yeah, the other way we could we go with it is he's teeny tiny.
0: What do you suppose his deal is? You, like he had a scar on his face, right? Yeah.
2: I don't did, think he's Darth Plagueis. Did Luke do that to him? I don't know. I mean, it, it, he looks like he's an alien as well. Um I, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's I feel like Luke's conflict is setting up the new Jedi order. And then having that shit backfire because Skywalker's. I hadn't considered are, that Luke and Snoke had had any uh, confrontations yeah, before. I yeah I, I, don't, I don't like know. I got the
1: sense that Snoke's been doing all this behind the scenes and he's the one that seduced Kylo Ren into yeah. destroying the Order. But like I don't think him I would guess him and Luke haven't had face to face confrontation. <sighs> but a lot of the big rumor is that oh well, this is Darth Plagueis.
2: Yeah I've i like, heard that. Yeah I've heard I, hope it, it a, a I, times. I really
0: do. I've I've wanted it to be Plagueis really since the beginning. I, I think, think it'll he, tie everything
1: together I think so that's he, the only way it
2: makes sense is if it's Darth Plagueis. I,
1: I suppose it could be, but whenever I, I watch that scene in Sith where Palpatine tells Anakin about it, like he's so like he's so arrogant about it. He's like, Yeah, but his apprentice killed him in his sleep and he's kinda like, That was me. I did that but maybe he wasn't so good. Maybe he thought he killed right. him and in his sleep. And yeah, Darth Vader. But King he really just marked up his face a little bit. And this guy did find a way to cheat death and all this other stuff. But I also feel like that was just a lie Palpatine sold Anakin to get him to come over. Because afterwards, yeah. Anakin's like, all right, I'm a bad guy. I killed all these kids. Let's save Padme. And he's like,
2: well... We haven't we figured that all out yet. We have really oh, worked on it it him, But we're going to get to it. Do we like the Supreme Leader? Do we like that? Do we think it's too close to the Emperor?
1: But we don't know what he's a supreme leader of. I don't really care. Bad guys. I guess maybe he is a supreme leader of the First Order, because Hawks takes... Yeah, he's definitely in in charge of the First Order. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Don't you think the... Don't you think? The rest of the... Wouldn't you say... Everybody fucking does it! Wouldn't you say that at some point, once the Empire crumbles, the rest of the Empire... The guys that still want the empire back—they're like, you know what? Maybe we stop taking orders from
2: all these fucking these religious sick people, guys. Yeah. and we get a good fucking governor uh, leading this ship. Well, I thought about this a lot, and then you thought, JJ likes parallels, can't break parallels, got to be another emperor. That's—that's that's not what I thought. I thought about the parallel between what happened in World War One and World War Two, and whenever. Things Snow's no, fast. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: See now I can't even go into my thing. I'm right, sorry, God. God. World War One, the German Empire crumbles, and you're in a bad position, you look for anybody, even if it is some crazy religious zealot right. that helps you get back to a place that you would like to be, and that's exactly what this seems to be like. Who wasn't yeah. even German. Who, we don't know that he could be a German oh well are you saying I, I thought Stokes you said Stokes? I thought you were saying Stokes Stokes. that sounds kind of German doesn't it well yes he wasn't even German but Herr Snoke <laughs> 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 well the way they were going with that Nazi imagery was really hard yeah, they, I thought they it were, was a little so Herr Snoke seems pretty pretty were, like, fucking on they were really the point. Nazi rezi- regime real hard Austria, Hungary, Germany—all that stuff. Well, speaking is very convoluted. Um, They're all considered German. Take, There's German. Taking
1: a, a side it. turn, I was talking to someone yesterday about about this movie, and they were like, "Well, didn't you think did you think the planet that they find Luke on wasn't that Earth?"
2: Oh, who stupidly said that? <laughs> I was like, "We're done here." No, you dummy. Who was <laughs> we're, it wasn't. We're done. It here. was Scotland. You're right, <laughs> but uh, no. I actually do like the parallel of the First Order rising up and them looking to another crazy fucking religious leader because that's actually what people do
1: yeah, in those situations. Yeah, you sold
2: me. So. Look at Ian turning me over twice tonight. What can I say? Just like Finn <laughs> does the Poe. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> dirty! <laughs> You're writing that fucking fan fiction right there, man. Yeah, right now. So yeah. here, here's one
0: example why I think Snoke might be Plagueis. Do you remember the scene in Revenge of the Sith how they're at the opera mm-hmm. and they're talking about uh, what's his name, Darth Plagueis? Plagueis? And the opera music was really weird. It was like
2: right. It was like throat. Right. Music. Go, go music. to the
0: Force Awakens soundtrack and listen to the Snoke theme, and it's very reminiscent of the music oh. that was at the opera.
2: Look mm, at that no. That's a at deep that. cut. About as deep as Kylo Ren cut Finn's back. <laughs> so, speaking about as deep. I I'll,
1: I'll tell you, you we're something deeper. Make another Colin <laughs> <Finn> That's <laughs> your
0: <laughs> job. You do that. All right, so. Speaking of the soundtrack, I wanted to talk about this, because as we're all big fans of John Williams, I thought that it's only fair that we at least acknowledge he wrote new music for this movie. Jay Willie. We were all very excited about it. What did we think? I'll tell you what I thought. I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed. Oh,
1: so glad you said that. I was disappointed too. Nothing stood out to me. Nothing
0: stood out. Only Ray's theme stood out. At the very beginning. And even that was on the more subdued side. She's the new hero of the trilogy, right? Who was the hero of the last trilogy? Luke Skywalker. His music is bombastic, triumphant, and exciting. Ray's is like super quiet and subdued and like kind of... Like, well, I, like don't know. I, don't I don't even are, words,
2: are we going to are we gonna throw Luke's theme on Ray?
0: I don't know why.
2: why might do like I think I would like that. I'd be okay with it. I that. would be okay with that too.
0: Um I but listening to the soundtrack, I've listened to it a couple times now. I just uh, it just didn't do anything for me. There, there was no standout yeah. stuff. There was no choir like we had in the in the prequel trilogy, which had a much richer and more grandiose sound than the the original trilogy. This definitely felt like a blending of the OT and the prequel trilogy, but it wasn't as good as
2: either. Yeah, nothing really stood out to me. The last time that I mean. It, it's a shame because Duel of the Fates is such a great piece of music, and that's something that you can really hang your hat on. As this is the beginning of something new, and there's we've we've gone so far into the nostalgia with this film that it doesn't seem like we're getting anything new on that front. Well, there was race theme that was a little bit. I I really liked
0: a couple of the cues within the movie, like like we talked about the Luke Skywalker theme when we saw the Millennium Falcon, or the quote Star Wars theme. Um, also, the the way that the um, that the string swelled up and played the Force theme, which is, um, Paul, you're the music guy. You hum it, the Force theme.
1: that's not Leia. It's
0: not it. uh, Leia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, that. When they played that at the end, when we saw Luke Skywalker, which was kind of weird because it should have been Luke's theme, but holy shit, the way that that kind of like swelled up at that last moment, that was powerful stuff. That was, it was exactly the same kind of like um, melodramatic use of that theme that they used when he was looking at the binary sunset in the first movie. Mm hmm. Um, really, really heavy. So I like that, but generally there there was no Duel of the Fates. There was no um, Across the Stars. There was no Heroes. What was it called? Battle of the Heroes. <clears throat>
2: there was no Imperial battle of the March. Heroes. Is that the one from Sith? It was the one the from Final Sith. Final Battle. Da, 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 Something like that. It's a little forgettable. Like I remember um, Across the Stars. Da, da,
1: da, da. Duel of the Fates was it was so unique <laughs> for its time, because it was. It was the first Star Wars movie in so many years, mm-hmm. like, and it sounded so unlike John Williams' music. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, it was it was great. Like, as far as the prequels go, like that's your that's your number one single from the prequels. Absolutely, absolutely. But like, this didn't even have like I couldn't tell you what any of the music is in exactly. this trilogy. There,
0: there's nothing that's gonna stand the test of time in this. In this soundtrack, the way the first Star Wars gave us the Rebel fanfare, the Star Wars theme, the Force theme, Leia's theme. It's such a high
2: bar. It is. And
1: I've been thinking about it. I'm like, well, maybe that's because, like, we grew up with those, with that music. You know, like, that, all the original trilogy music brings out way more in me than just, oh, I know that song. Right. So maybe kids that are 10 seeing the force awakens like they're gonna know ray's theme in 10 know. years but, uh, but only ray
0: had a theme but who didn't have a theme
2: uh finn. finn
0: didn't have a theme
2: kylo ren does he Kylo have a theme?
0: Ren didn't have a theme
2: and if he did i don't remember it yeah i think all that stuff is connected so heavily in the original trilogy to moments and things that are happening and all those beats are reused in this to the detriment of the music. The things that you remember are, you know, when, when the falcon's flying through Jakku, that's music that we've heard before. So you associate all those feelings that you already had with what's happening now. It makes me think,
0: is John Williams out of ideas?
2: I don't know. Because Do composers have uh, an age where they start to lose it? how old was beethoven writers do i mean like <laughs> artists do but it's all different you know actors some actors lose it right like, some actors keep right. it all the way well, let, the let's dead. just say
0: the term loosely artists refers to actors drawlers writers can we call them illustrators so we have no. to call them drawlers drawlers uh writers painters Musicians, all that stuff. I believe there is a shelf life for that. Usually, these people, if they make it to their 80s or 90s, they're not gonna die at the top of their creative game, Damn. right? That's just like never happened. And John Williams is not a young man, so is it possible? Because if you, if you, it's 83. If you look at what he did, 83. That's old. If you look at what he did for the, the final two prequel films, those movies in particular have so much borrowed music out of The Phantom Menace and out of other movies. The Phantom Menace brought it. Yeah. But he kind of half brought it for the other two. Like, they're heavily, heavily edited. And I don't know what was going on with this one. I don't know if he wrote all the music or if there was a ton of recycled stuff or what. We'll find out soon enough. Thanks to uh, Rebel Force Radio's Star Wars Oxygen. Great podcast if you want to listen to something else after this show.
2: but A nice companion piece to go with this.
0: Yeah, right. Now, I know that Rebel Force Radio is going to talk Star Wars, but this is the most comprehensive Star Wars talk you're going to get. And not only that, I assure you that Rebel Force Radio has been unable to put together the pieces that Poe and Finn are probably going to be lovers in Episode Eight.
2: Yeah, they totally missed on that. I dare any other podcast out there. Thousands of podcasts have covered The Force Awakens.
1: Poe gives Finn his letter jacket. Come on. He did. He said... The writing? He said... said,
2: It looks good on you. You keep it, honey.
0: (laughs) So anyway, I I thought that we should at least talk about the the soundtrack. Yeah. Here's a question, though. Is John Williams going to do episode 8... And should he do episode eight based on episode seven?
2: I think he should. I think he's earned enough. He's made so so much of his career on Star Wars. They're all they're intertwined almost. Even though he, you know, he's Superman. It's not all. even Star Wars.
1: John Williams quits when John Williams wants to quit. Like he's a
2: respect thing. You
1: don't you don't fire John Williams just based on his entire body of work. Right.
2: The good thing is that John Williams won't have a lot of time on the bench. There's gonna be a quick turnaround time for this Star Wars movie. One and a half years, is that right for episode 8 mm-hmm. So fortunately he'll have maybe he'll have some time to scramble and get some good ideas. Maybe call Mac for some nice cues and we
0: think if John Williams called me up, I would tell him John. No Johnny Mr Mr. Willie. Johnny maybe.
1: <laughs> Jay Willie. Jay Willie.
0: I would say, hey look. You know that you're really good at writing music. You know these themes are fantastic, but you gotta be honest with yourself. Episode 7 lacked some really good themes that we could attach to certain characters that should play when we see those characters in certain moments that were all over the original trilogy. You gotta, like, kind of hone that in and bring that for episode 8.
2: If you said that to him in person, I think he would backhand slap you in the mouth.
0: I think he would, too. That's why I wouldn't... Well, he probably won't call me and ask me for any advice, but I... If I could be totally honest...
2: I have no doubt, judging on your interactions with celebrities, that you would say exactly this.
0: Look... Look, look, I'm not deaf. Like I know what I'm hearing, and I know that there weren't any strong themes outside
2: of one character. That's not enough. So we, we didn't necessarily love the, the soundtrack. That was something that was lackluster. Yeah. I think we talked a lot about the things that we liked, the things that gave us goosebumps, the things that thrilled us. What are some things that we didn't like all that much that we might have had problems with?
1: Uh, I'm trying. Well,
2: do we just want to go? We can just well, go. I mean, if you want me one. to go,
0: no, I'll go because I got a couple before oh. we get to the big. Yeah. One. Like, oh, uh, do we yeah. want
2: to save the big one for the? Okay. Yeah, I, I was
1: trying to think of things that I had a problem with that weren't that weren't the big one. And All right. Well, before the, um, can we talk Star Killer yeah, Base? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's on my list. Um, uh, I've told a lot of people this. Um, on the offline already that after the second time i saw it i loved it more but it was clear to me that i love the first and second acts almost you know they're almost flawless you referred to it as gold to me star wars gold but the third act is when i think everything falls falls apart the third act feels most like a rehash of a new hope to me um star killer base never feels like a threat uh for as many problems are as there are with pose or with ray's magical force powers at the end um i still would rather see all of that lightsaber battle than anything going on with blowing up star killer base like i think at the very end of the movie i'd have been happier if they just disabled it if they didn't blow the whole thing up yeah like i was just like i I wasn't concerned you know they're watching on the mo- Princess Leia. They're back at the base, and it's 15 minutes away. Oh, no. You're fine. You're going to be all right, okay? We've and, seen this one twice. You're going to be okay.
2: And it's weird that you say that you don't feel like it was threatening or it was ever danger because it blows up multiple planets at the same time. I didn't feel connected to any of those planets except for, like, do we think that was Coruscant that they it blew wasn't. up? Okay. Because
1: they, they, show, thi- a, they show a lot of... A, a more distant shot of it and it doesn't have it doesn't have like all the light rings and city rings and everything on it.
2: Yeah, you're right. Do you think that it would have made more sense if they blew up a familiar locale like if they blew up Jakku or if they blew up Tatooine was, or if they someplace that we as an audience have a connection with instead I, of just random? I put
1: together my own story from the long trailer that the First Order goes back to Endor to get that Darth Vader mask. And then when they're leaving, they're like, This is what we can do now and they blow up Endor. But
2: they clearly didn't That's
1: interesting. Because there's that one scene where you see all the trees and then the fire coming through, but that was that was just the sun. You know, the power of the sun coming down scorching everything in a circle. And, And the if you have the power to Drain a sun. Is that the best use for that power you can think of? Is making a fucking super weapon? Certainly. You can do like worse, scarier things if you have the power to drain a sun.
2: Yeah, I've I've heard the comment that well that's how war is. You make bigger and badder things, and that's how things always go. It just gets bigger and better. But I I I always think that it could have been something a little different. Like, the Rebels took care of this thing twice. Up until, up until we saw it, like,
1: I was I, I was in. You know, I wish well, it would have just
2: been a base.
1: There was speculation before. Oh, it's Starkiller Base, and it's going to be a big Death Star, and it's on the poster. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, we can do it again. We've done it twice. Let's do it again. Let, let's see it. But then they did it, and I was just so disinterested. Mm-hmm.
2: I liked what it looked like. I thought the snow-covered... Trees were interesting, and the landscape was cool. And the interior build—how you could see how the um, the base was built into a mountain—you and you could see pieces of the mountain inside. I thought that was a cool aesthetic. It was like a
0: James Bond villain base. It's yeah.
2: hard to keep warm, so that's why you wear the stormtrooper stuff.
0: I. Really didn't like the fact that it was the Death Star part three all over again as well. So I'm kind of with you there uh, I, What what I really had a problem with though was the way that it looked with like draining the Sun I didn't like the, the concept you can drain a Sun first of all It's a planet right? right Starkiller base is a planet it orbits a Sun
2: What are you gonna do you can only drain the Sun one time, right? And say well, you I drain don't... the sun, don't you do more damage by draining the sun to the other planets around it than actually blowing them up? Like, you right. drain the sun, you kill everything in that right. sector, and then you, and then you, shoot shoot you blow more up. stuff up. It just I guess make... that's terrifying, <laughs> but on but... top
0: of that, on top of that, when they drained the sun, did it look just a little bit like what they were doing in the Star Trek movie that J.J. Abrams did, when they had that drill thing with, like, that thing on Vulcan? Well, yeah, a little right bit. Right before Vulcan, a little bit, it was the same fucking thing! <laughs> it was... It was I think it was actually the same thing inserted in Star Wars
2: I'll, I'll take your word for it I don't remember exactly what it looked like but I, I believe you well
1: you know it, maybe this is why I'm not and I'm not a grand moth in the Empire but even going back to the new hope I'm like well Empire don't you guys want to control as many systems and planets as you can but So you ha- why are you blowing them up? I well, mean, certainly. you want to have
2: a deterrent. You want the rebels to see the power that you have. You have to demonstrate right. to the galaxy that certainly. you can do this. You have all this power, you have all this knowledge,
1: all this technological skill and know how to put together a planet destroyer. Right. So, how about we take all that knowledge and we brainstorm something that we keep the planets so you can. You know, build your empire larger and still use it to
2: deter the rebellion. I, I agree with that. I think the first Death Star when you do that, that's a good idea but that doesn't work out. So this one should be something that you can the planet's still intact
1: but something one, happens they to the people up of the like planet. planet. They blow up three moons with it and I'm like well there go however many parents that have babies that you can turn into stormtroopers. Done. They're gone. Now what are you gonna do? Now you need to send this fucking asshole down to the planet, and he's gonna defect on you.
2: See, there you go. Now, now you
1: gotta the de- hierarchy <laughs> of stormtrooper.
2: Now you gotta employment sanitation reserves. That's what happens, man. It's the story of of uh, uh, I think we've pinpointed why the empire keeps losing. <laughs> yeah, they they their talent pool so- just keeps shrinking, and it's their own fault. <laughs>
0: So speaking of Starkiller Base, uh, that was responsible for the big dogfight at the end, the big aerial battle, which we had a couple of in this movie, and neither one to me lived up to what I thought they would be because they. What f- was the first
2: one? On the pl- oh, on Maz huh? so, yeah, castle. So you think lived
0: up? Either. No, I thought they both lacked in terms of like neither one felt like they had. Um, like, that, that high-stakes military tension yeah. that existed in the battles that were in the original trilogy. You know, we keep hearing how influenced these guys were by the original trilogy. But, like, when you think about, like, the way all the pilots in the original trilogy acted. Like, the language that they used. Like, shit, I don't even know what they're saying, but it sounds good. Like, okay, form up. We got some coming in in Sector 2, blah, 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 all this technical shit. Like, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm in and I'm buying it because it sounds official. It sounds legit. And this, all they did was say, okay, guys, let's do our best and let's go get them. Like that was their that was their battle
2: cry. I didn't even notice that, but that and, is kind of terrible. And it
0: was, it was There's a
2: lot of we've got company. It was all even, over the place. Right.
0: It was even weaker than the language that the pilots in the prequel trilogy used. It was kind of shitty. Yeah. I was really disappointed with that because visually it looked like it was going to be great, but when I finally saw it within the context of the movie,
2: I was totally let down. There was so much that I wrote in my head by seeing X-Wings in that environment, on a planet, flying around, getting ready for a battle, or having those battles that you saw in the later trailers. I think that in the first the first viewing, that was the biggest hurdle that I had to jump through, mm-hmm. was all the stuff that I had already piled in my head, all the storylines that I had written that just didn't come to fruition, The you know, the, one of the things that I was upset about, I thought that the entire plot of the movie was going to be the search for. It was going to be more about the search for Luke Skywalker, and that kind of got derailed. I, I felt like
0: mm-hmm. that
2: was the first portion of the movie, and then we we got kind of off off track, and we're doing
0: introducing the other characters,
2: other characters, Star Killer Base, and you know, oh, we'll look at this map a little bit later. That brings me to another issue that I have with this movie.
0: The map. Number one, why was there even a map to Luke Skywalker? If that son of a bitch wanted to hide, who's making maps to find
2: him? Why are we talking about Luke Skywalker and. It, people should not know him. In my idea of this film, he should be a straight up myth. And I know they say, like, oh, I thought he was a myth. Everybody should be like, that dude doesn't exist. Well, That's a fucking myth. It's the way. It's the way Finn knows Han Solo. He
1: knows him as general han solo he's the guy from the war you know luke blew up the first death star you know he's the yeah, guy he, from the he war.
0: got a medal for it
1: yeah i mean no one knows he's you know jedi knight luke skywalker but like everyone knows like he was a big part in the rebellion
2: yeah i i think i still think it should be something that's more there should be more mystery to it not just like well, oh well, we're gonna go also, find luke skywalker let, let's not
0: forget according to this he created an academy true yeah.
1: and that might have you know but who knows was that 30
2: years ago like what happened 30 uh, years I ago mean, to us we don't know
1: the half the reason I don't want to hammer all this Luke Skywalker map Matt, uh Max Font sit out business is that they all might be answered in episode 8 all the problems and questions I have could all be wrapped up by Ryan Johnson in episode 8 but as far as this movie goes I'm like what the fuck guys this doesn't make any fucking sense So another
0: thing that didn't make any sense was the map. Like, okay, BB-8's got a part of the map, and then weirdly R2-D2 is powered down. I didn't understand why.
2: I didn't understand why he came back online.
0: Well, the only thing that makes sense, my brother pointed it out to me, was that he came back online when Ray showed up.
2: She was in the vicinity. I could tell if she was in the room, but she was on the planet, and he just turned back on.
0: Okay, was that... Okay.
2: Like, she wasn't next to him. That would have made more sense. But mm-hmm. she was just there hugging Leia outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. Um, another thing... So... So we have R2 at some point, and maybe you could power him up or whatever. Like, he had that whole map. You didn't need that other piece. Like, it was a teeny tiny chunk. If you could get R2... Put that map up. You could find Luke. The the like outline the arrows were all on it and everything. Like you can find it pretty easy. Being a Luke Skywalker fan
1: for all of my years, like the end. The of other the two it, people at this <clears throat> table too, right? Yeah, the end of this movie was infuriating. Like once we get, you know, Han dies. Starkiller base is blown up, we're back to the resistance base. I'm like, alright, I guess we're not gonna see we're not gonna see Luke in this movie. If I can deal with that, he'll have a triumphant return in the next one. And then we get more then we get bullshit. And this goes back to and you guys have heard me complain about this many times. You're gonna hear it again for this new crowd. <laughs> I want my heroes to be heroes. I like DC, because all of those guys, they're like, hey, I can be a hero, I'm going to go do it. They rush into danger, they don't hem and haw, they don't bitch because you know they have superpowers and they're outcasts and they don't know what to do with it or blah blah blah, no. They just go be heroes. That was Luke Skywalker. Star Wars, Empire Jedi, hero. He's going, he's getting stuff done, he's proactive, he's jumping at it in a new hope, princess needs, needs rescue. Han, Chewie, let's go. We're doing it. Uh, his friends are in danger. in empire. Fuck Jedi training. I'm going. Let's go. He goes and rescues his buddy Han. He knows he has to face Vader's. Fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm doing it. But in this one, he's like, Oh, I'm fucking sour Sally. I'm gonna go fucking hide.
2: I trained all these people the wrong way. Well,
1: you. Well, then you go fucking fix it. The first order's building up around you. Your fucking nephew. Is wrecking. Who knows what? Go he's, fucking get him. He's Go not get my kid. Let his
2: dad handle that. And it's the that. same.
1: And it's the same with Artu. R2. Artu's is the most alpha character of the original trilogy and the fucking prequels. I mean, Artu's going like he's he's jumping in the shit. Doesn't matter what. He's getting it, getting in on it. And now all of a sudden. Oh, R2's been powered down for
2: years. You know how you can write that out? You just R2. put him with Luke the whole time. No, no, no. And then they can both be sad sallies together. No, I mean, you can write that R2 is, like, there's something wrong with R2. R2's not functioning because of something. And then Ray, the technical wizard that she is, <clears> can come and fix R2. And that's a clear, logical way that you can find the It doesn't skywalking.
1: even make sense to me that Luke would leave R2. And with, with the resistance, and he just leaves by himself. Why? Are, I mean, those two were fucking boys. Why aren't they? Why doesn't Luke just take R two with him when like, he was dropping? Oh, because when he was
2: dropping Rey off on Jakku, he was like, "Well, I gotta put this droid somewhere yeah, too." I, that
1: whole business makes no like. I, I don't like it from a character perspective because like, Luke should be out there saving shit. He shouldn't be hiding, letting all this bad build up. ...while he's off looking for some hidden Jedi temple or whatever. And then on top of the whole map is yeah. Did Luke make the map? Did Max von Sydow make the map? Why is there a map? If he's trying to fucking hide... There shouldn't be Why a is map. there even a map?
2: And if he doesn't want found... Why is he leaving half the map with the Resistance in R2? Take him with you. That's why if R2... Somehow R2's damaged and he has a map... ...and we're trying to return Luke's lightsaber and find him... ...and you fix R2 in the second act and you find him on this Ice Temple planet, and you go to it, that all makes a little well, bit more sense. why are we sense. returning that lightsaber? He's got one. Does he have one? Because he, he threw it on the Death Star. He, he had, still have it? He mm-hmm. had it at the end of Jedi. Does he have it at the end? Yep.
1: So, yeah, the all the Luke stuff just didn't sit right with me, but... Well, then change the lightsaber. It's, it's a lot of on. things that could be resolved in the next episode. But, like, being that I wanted to see Luke in this one, going into this movie the whole time I thought Kylo Ren was gonna put Finn in a coma he was gonna have Ray on the brink of death and Luke was gonna jump in and save the day we're only gonna get to see him for 10 minutes but that's enough yeah. because he's gonna be Luke Skywalker instead we get some fucking homeless guy in Scotland I'm like fuck
2: I did think he was gonna jump in and save the day at some point
1: and then he doesn't even wanna take it then he's all fucking timid like, what happened to you, man? Fucking shell of yourself. I hate you. I hate your guts. <laughs> if I was fucking Ray, I would have hit him with that lightsaber. I'm out of here.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's how the next one starts. It's just Ray just kills Luke. So, like,
1: yeah, like, I, I liked, I loved the first two acts, but Star Killer base and then all the weird-ass Luke business, the third act just, eh, meh, what yeah.
2: about you guys? Well, I I think that with the timing, we should probably then get into another piece that happens in the third act. Well, and. No, no, no. Let, let's, no, still? Yeah. Okay. Let, let's,
0: oh. let's go ahead and, and say what we think about this third act before we get into our final thoughts, our final.
1: Oh, yeah, he was going
0: to do that. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to... I realize we're going over our normal length here, but...
2: you know, yeah, what? we're going to do this, is, yeah, this I, big flop. Yeah, it's fine. This, yeah.
0: is, this podcast is going to be as
1: long as this podcast is mm-hmm. going to be. Ian, why don't you take it away?
2: Do you want me to do that portion, or...?
1: Well, yeah, I think... Well, Matt, do you want to do it?
0: Yeah, I, I want to react to what you just said. Oh. Go. Uh I actually thought the ending was perfect. I, the way that they played that movie by killing Han Solo, in cold blood no less. And I don't know about you, but like when I saw the look on his face as he was being stabbed, that hit me in the core, but not the way it hit me when <clears throat> he fell. And you just see the silhouette of him against the, that, that light. As he's falling down, his dead body. That—that's Han Solo. It's dying. That's him. That is Han Solo falling, his dead body falling into a into nothingness.
2: Betrayed by his own blood.
0: And, and, like I had said that if if it happens, if he dies in this movie, I'm gonna cry. I didn't cry, but I was close. I'll admit. I,
2: I wish I, I mean, would have looked over it, at you at that point. I was it too w- wrapped up. It was in close,
0: it. but. Um, that stayed with me the rest of the movie. You know, cool things happen after that, exciting things, happy things. But Han's death, just, like, that moment, the look on his face and his body falling, like, were, like, burned into my, into my soul. Like, they're forever there. And it's like, there was only one thing that could help. And that would be Luke Skywalker. And yeah, it would have been cool if we got him at the end doing Luke stuff, but like, I think the ending was flawed not because Luke wasn't there, but for another reason that we're going to get into.
2: Um, I think that Luke being there might have changed some of the stuff that we're going to talk about.
0: It would have, but I think that it should have been resolved in a different way other than having Luke there. I think it was actually the perfect ending to show Luke at the end. Now maybe they didn't have to have Ray's arm extended for a full 30 seconds before the credits rolled. That could have been different. But seeing him and the slow term, the buildup of the music, the buildup of seeing Luke for an entire movie finally coming to fruition, Paul, I think you were jumping to a lot of conclusions based on like, you're, you know, he's proactive. He should have done this, this, and that. Hey, look, I'm willing to wait and see why. It was amazing seeing Luke Skywalker again, for real. Like, he, he looked, yeah, he looked disheveled,
1: but he kind of looked awesome at the same Did time. Did you pick up on the, uh, the Slight Emperor's theme cues when you see him from the back? It's really quick. I only picked up on it the really? time huh. I saw him. Oh, no. There's no. a little, oh, yeah. real fast. yeah, And no then shit. it goes into a more uplifting theme when he turns around and takes the hood off. But, yeah, yeah. initially they do it, and I'm like, you fucks. But yeah, I mean, there's a you know maybe maybe he's not sulking. Maybe he's looking for this Jedi Temple to turn the tide, and that's why he's gone all this time because he can't have anyone else coming after him. He can't have Snoke or Kylo Ren finding this too because this is going to be what turns it around. And maybe that's the case.
2: And then I'm all happy again. I don't think you're going to get that. I think he's
1: hiding yeah, from... Yeah, but I think it's going to be... My girlfriend died. I took off for eight years. I Dark think Night it might be
2: my girlfriend died. I trained a whole bunch of psychotic killers, including, you know, my, my nephew, who is now all fucked up. Right. I did a bad job, and now I'm on this island. If he was looking for something, there wouldn't he would be continually looking for it. There wouldn't be a map to the exact spot where he's just fucking chilling. So... If you're not going to have Luke jump in and save the day like I wanted, like you wanted, Paul, I think the best way to do it is to have him reluctantly looking at the new main character and not taking the lightsaber right away and having some of the conflict of the next movie. The conflict of, wait, I already have one of those. You keep that one. Yeah. No, <laughs> that that one, that's going
0: oh, to yeah. be Rey's lightsaber.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's I think so one. too. But um, the conflict's going to be, hey, you know, what happened? Will you come back and lead the Rebels, the Resistance, whatever? Will you help us with this? And he's going to do a lot of no-no, and that's what the whole next movie's going to be about. So you can't have him be all like, oh, yeah, you know, I was waiting for you. Sure. I, I
0: really believe that this sets up some awesome shit for episode eight. Like, I wasn't alive when... The Empire Strikes Back happen, and that kind of cliffhanger existed. But like, holy cow! Like, I am so excited to see what happens next. Like, I can't. I mean, this was maybe not quite the cliffhanger that that The Empire Strikes Back was, but this is a pretty significant cliffhanger.
2: I think it was probably besides Empire, probably the best one that we've gotten.
1: It's one of the things that I liked about it. And it's. Something I think they specifically did. They were like, well, what does everyone like about the original trilogy? Cliffhanger. We don't answer everything. Like, going back and watching the prequels over the last week or so, like George Lucas has to tie up every, every loose end. We know everything about everyone. We even see fucking Captain Antilles, which we don't even need to see. But like, Just like
0: we learned who Master Sifo-Dyas is and why he ordered the clone army. Oh, wait, he, we didn't ever learn that, did we?
1: Hmm. You know what I mean. So, but for this one, I feel like J.J. Abrams was like, oh, well, we'll take good stuff from here, good stuff from here. So we're going to leave this on a cliffhanger. But it's almost like they left it on, like, too many. Like, I have too many questions. It's not just, oh, fuck, is Darth Vader Luke's father? Right. It's like, what's with the map? Who the fuck is
2: Max Bunsen? I don't, well, who gives a shit about the map? Like, the map the, doesn't the, matter. They fucking found they him. They found him, so that's resolved. Like, the biggest thing is. But then that,
1: that, that's just hanging bullshit that we're never gonna. Like, then it makes no sense. Then it's fucking Wait, pointless. That's it was a dumb anyway. giant fucking plot hole.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. They're never gonna go back and be like, oh, let's explain beat for beat what happened with the map. They're not gonna do that. It was just a way to find Luke Skywalker. Terrible. The only cliffhanger, really, is is he gonna come back? And he is gonna come back, but why did he ever oh, leave in the first oh, place? Oh, and
0: is Finn dead?
2: Yeah, that's Finn's good. alive. calm down. They, he would have been straight up dead if they were killing him. He's going to be alive. Don't crush my dreams. He's I'm mine. Not crushing
0: your dreams, man.
2: now crush your dreams. <laughs> Don't crush Poe's dreams. Sweat dreams. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can get boners on a coma. Coma boner. Yeah, that's a real. Fun. Is that the name of episode eight? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the biggest problem we all had with it was Rey mastering Force abilities in 10 minutes that it
2: took Luke two movies to master. Maybe in the 30 years they developed a Cliff Notes version of the Jedi training that you don't actually even have to read.
1: I've heard all kinds of rationalizations for why this happens, from in-story elements to like how they had to write the story for a modern audience and we can't have that take too long, we want to get right to it, you know, but ultimately based on all the all the science and force science, everything we've learned from Star Wars so far, if it if at one point you don't even know the force is a real thing, an hour later you
2: shouldn't be using the Jedi mind trick on anybody. Period. You can be force sensitive. It can help you pilot crafts. It can maybe even help you survive a lightsaber but duel. But you don't know putting what it, it is you're tapping into. Putting
0: it, it into context, Luke learned about the force much sooner in his first movie than Ray did. Well, Ray didn't, didn't even d- learn about it. And she he, just used it. And right, and he didn't even well learn about it in the sense that it exists. But he didn't use the Jedi mind trick until the third movie. She used, used it in the third minute of knowing what the Force is. It was really dumb to do that. And you know what? It wasn't even that good of a scene. It really wasn't. It was too cutesy. It was like probably the cutesiest part of the movie that if I had my way, I would t- totally get rid of it.
2: I think that the people that say, well, you're only, you don't you don't like that... Rey has all these powers because you don't want a female antagonist or protagonist, and you don't want her to be the main character. I think that this complaint that we have, that she learned it too quick and she becomes too powerful, completely undercuts her entire journey. The entire struggle that we all liked from Luke Skywalker, the the bumps and bruises he got from learning how to become a Jedi, we... We, it's hard to do that from right. what we've seen she, we, we want it to be hard for her but, so when she overcomes everything and becomes the hero we all want we want it to have meant something in, we wanted someone to lose a hand in this movie
0: yeah in this movie we got we got Rey who basically had the return of the Jedi ending in the first movie what now what now she already beat the bad guy what else is there
2: it's the same. She's pro- completed
0: her journey. She has passed her test.
2: It's the Done. same. It's the same problem I have with Neo in the Matrix trilogy. After the first movie, he becomes Superman. In the, in the second movie. movie, the only good one. Yes. So in the second movie, he's flying through the air, he's unstoppable. He can take on hordes of Agent Smiths all by himself. There's no conflict. There's no struggle. Because he is invincible, and Rey is on that same trajectory, and I don't want that. She was too good of a character for them to make her an invincible, unstoppable force. The thing that really didn't sit well with me is that it wasn't even inst- it wasn't as instant as we're saying it was. She gets the lightsaber. She's fighting Kylo Ren. He for the first half of this fight. He's whipping her ass. She doesn't stand a chance. She's doing things with lightsabers that we've never seen before and not in a good way. She's just kind of stabbing and flailing because she just picked up her first lightsaber. That's what you do. You look like shit. They're they're on the cliff. And Kylo Ren says the most obvious thing in the entire movie. You need training. I can train you. And in the ways of the force. He's like, you're so bad at this i will train you to beat me because
1: this is embarrassing
2: (laughs) and she says i think she says there was a "Ah, the force and closes Ah, her eyes and then she's like
1: listen up chicky i got shot by chewbacca i beat up Poe's boyfriend and i'm still (laughs) open your ass
2: (laughs) and she she's like oh now that you mention it sir and then she proceeds to whip his ass And people can say, oh well, he was hurt, he was blasted by Chewie, he had a a whole other fight. But that didn't affect him from sprinting after her the first 10 minutes of that fight. He had her down, he, he kicked her ass. And then she just remembered that she was Superman. Jesus Christ and Yoda rolled into one and beat his ass and sliced his face off. It was unbelievable. It doesn't make that character any better, and it cheats us from what could be really cool in the next movie. Yeah, like,
1: half half the reason that, like, the first 20 minutes of Return of the Jedi are so great is because the last time you see Luke, I mean, he's dire straits, man. I mean, he gets his hand cut off. You know, he essentially tries to kill himself rather than join Darth Vader.
2: Like, he's he's lowest of the low. And Luke had... Two teachers, hours of our days of training. How long right. was he on Dagobah? A long ass time, right?
0: I don't know, a month, not a, a, right, mo- yeah. a month,
2: right? And he still got his hand chopped off by his dad. So, yeah, and then like all,
1: but so, and I get Ray Flying the Falcon, she's got technical savvy. I get that. Get it, so. That's
0: that's like how Anakin was able to do the podcat or the podcast. The podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Anakin Skywalker his, podcast. His that
2: shit was awesome. The, he was super the funny. The
0: pod race, he was able to handle that in a way that other humans couldn't do it because he was tapping into the Force but like, it, I, he
1: wasn't he but he I didn't know. Me, let me finish. Okay. So he
0: was tapping into the Force in an unknown way. Like it was calling to him and yet he was listening but didn't even know he was listening. Like he the force was having him like do those things. It
2: was instincts just like Luke when he was going to destroy the first death. Right. Star.
0: That's that's reflexes, but like wielding like a sword and doing cool like sword maneuvers and having a certain skill like that. Like he was already a good pilot, Anakin, right? Was he also a good sword fighter cuz then he could like uh, like, unknowingly apply the Force to his sword fighting abilities. Rey was not a sword fighter. She had a staff.
1: Right. I will... But we, we already see earlier in the movie. So, like, we know Rey's a good pilot. She pulls all that shit with the Falcon because it's, you know, it's it's instinct. Right. It's, you know, her... Tan, her slight connection to the Force, instincts, that all works. We see she's a good fighter. She can handle her own it's With a staff or whatever, she can do it. Right. So, at that moment, she's fighting for her life. So... I believe that, you know, maybe she pulls some lightsaber skills out of her ass. But she doesn't. She looks like shit at the beginning. But she stays alive long enough to get to the point where then she's like... Da, 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 I got the Force. Woo! I'm surprised she doesn't. She's like,
2: like, I have
0: the power!
2: <laughs> it gets real
0: tan. That reminds me of that, of that moment when Finn goes, we use the Force. And Han goes, that's not how the force works. That's the best part. I love that joke. But yet, it kind of is how
1: the force works.
2: It's like in your face, dead old man. Oh, come on. Sorry.
1: There's some really funny parts in this movie. I really enjoyed the comedy in this movie. The only part I didn't like was the the Jedi mind trick business. Just because... It was, it was done to not the, the
0: detriment of the character. It wasn't just not not. It wasn't funny. Number right. one. Number two. It hurt the character by doing that. Yeah, I well, like I mean,
2: the business when Poe gets captured in the beginning, and he's like, "So how does this work? You talk, I talk first. That's funny stuff. This. A little too cocky for somebody that just froze everything and looks pretty badass. But I think I think you I guys, like his spirit. I think you guys are lukewarm on Masconata,
1: but after the second Sorry. viewing, I really liked her. This is okay. I don't know. I thought she was a cool character. I was
0: pretty lukewarm on on that character. Uh, I didn't think she looked good. I thought she looked kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah, like she looked a little like a Tim Burton creation with those goofy goggles. This is Halloween. Last time I saw (laughs) it, I saw Johnny
1: Depp wearing it in Sleepy Hollow. I liked her big skull with her big eye sockets and the goggles and stuff. I thought she was cool. And I, I liked her attitude. I thought Lupita Nyong'o delivered everything well. Um, yeah, like I, I I, liked her. I thought the in her castle, the flashback
0: sequence, if that's even what we want to call it, was awesome, although
2: it was shorter than I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't like uh, how we got there, though. I don't like eh, that yeah, the, the, at the, a random point, the lightsaber calls out to her. Yeah. I think if she stumbled upon it or was given it given to her, that would have been cool. Oh, right. Because even, even then even yeah. then it's never been established that objects hold
1: right. right the force. So like like I've said before, or else when
2: Obi Wan hands Luke that lightsaber, Luke's head explodes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well maybe how about this? She gets the lightsaber earlier, then goes down into the creepy dungeon and the dungeon kind of has that effect on her like the um the cave on Dagobah right
1: like the way the way it works is that she's seen this lightsaber before I don't know how but she's clearly old enough to have started some kind of Jedi training before she gets dumped on Jakku so like maybe that triggers some you know photo recall in her brain Jedi PSD maybe
0: but I thought seeing, like, the hallway from the Empire Strikes Back on Cloud City duel, the way it, like, kind of dropped down and lit up, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And I thought we were going to see the duel yeah, I we were from see a more. different angle, right? And then I was, like, I was in. I was so ready. And then I thought what we were going to see was Kylo Ren fighting Luke Skywalker when he turned and uh, he killed uh, all those Jedi. Awesome. And I thought we were – that was going to be the classic duel of this movie not the ray um the finn kylo ren thing
2: you think that we would have gotten that long of a duel
0: i thought it was gonna be awesome that would have been awesome though i like that
2: idea i never thought of that that would have been cool
0: and i was like as soon as it started happening i'm like okay here we go and then it was over i was like huh that was it i was so disappointed because they showed kylo ren in the rain because because what I put together in my mind, that moment with Kylo Ren in the rain, he killed all the other apprentices and stuff, and that right there was when he was calling out to Luke, hey Skywalker, I'm, I've i come for you. And I thought Luke would come out in the rain with his hood, and he would take uh, the hood off, and they would have this epic duel in the rain, and it was going to be the best thing we ever
1: saw. Yeah, that scene was really confusing the first time I saw it, because the, the first <laughs> time... It, Ray's, Ray's let down to find the lightsaber because she hears what sounds like a baby crying. But when I watched it the second time, she hears herself crying when she, whoever drops her off on Jakku, mm-hmm. and you see that they leave her with that guy that keeps giving her like so many shares of whatever for parts. Yeah, that weird fucking water bread. That yeah, and like, the, and like the first time I saw it, I was like, "Well, this is this whole thing is fucking." Weird. What the fuck just happened? None of this makes sense. But the second time, like, all of those pieces fell into place and that, like, the lightsaber was her conduit to not only seeing what I think is her father's past, Luke's, but also, like, a lot of her past that she forgot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think she has some tangential connection that her, fa- her family has left her on Jakku and they're gonna be back at some point, but she doesn't really she doesn't really remember who they are or the circumstances of that. And somehow, in this new status quo, the lightsaber triggers that.
2: And at the end of her flashback, she does get to see the future with her and Kylo Ren on yeah. the uh, Starkiller base and yeah. Maz does make the you know has the speech about you know what you're looking for isn't in the past it's it's ahead of you so
0: that moment where she was hearing all those voices there was one that called out to her ray did you guys catch that was obi-wan's
1: voice no i didn't i read up i didn't hear i didn't hear alec guinness ewan mcgregor or frank oz but i read about it today Twice I've seen it. Yeah, I didn't hear any of their voices. Yeah, that was that was you McGregor that hmm. said Ray. Well, I read today that it was that was Alec Guinness, and they took it from when he says afraid.
0: Ewan, oh, I thought when he said he was betrayed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, uh, but you and McGregor does voiceover work too. But they also added that brief syllable of Alec Guinness.
0: Well, yeah, because James Arnold Taylor. Uh, who voices Obi-Wan on the Clone Wars said that he had recorded dialogue for it, but he said his actually got thrown out in favor. They went with Ewan McGregor's. So that's an actual kind of like firsthand.
1: The fact that they brought Ewan McGregor in for this gives me hope that maybe they make an Obi-Wan movie. They got to. Yeah. They
0: got I'd
2: to. love to see that. Everybody gonna, fucking wants,
0: that. wants Are they going to
1: age cook. him just a couple
0: more years, have him... Hang out for a little well, bit. Well, if Disney fucks around and waits long enough, They he'll be the right age. He'll be 60. And it'll be like, it'll take place a week before A New Hope.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, well, like it'll be one of the solo movies between 8 and 9.
2: it will so age him a little bit. You'll just get to see him yeah. go to the market a whole lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, like, what are they waiting for? He wants to do it. Everybody loves Star Wars right now. This is the perfect time.
1: And he's universally held as the best part of the prequels. Yeah, he's
2: forty-four. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. So, final scores, gentlemen. That's what I was going to get into. What? What? Uh, I I say that my final score. I really love the movie. A lot of excitement. Some things that I would change. I would say that I give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. um, Matt, do you want to go? No. No, dummy. Matt always goes last, don't you know? How many episodes have you done? I want to give it an 8 out of 10. But
1: since I give Star Wars and Jedi a 9 out of 10, I feel like the third act of this movie fell apart enough for me that, like, I don't want to give it an eight, but I'll give it a really high seven. Yeah? Huh. Yeah. Like, I fucking love those two, the first two acts. Holy fuck do I love those first two.
2: But every, a lot of,
1: a lot of shit crumbles in the the second part.
2: Yeah, I... Or third part, third part. In a way, I almost think that there are things in the follow-up that will fix the things that I dislike. The whole not seeing Luke that I have a problem with right now, will completely go away if we get a full movie of Luke Skywalker. So I kind of... Um, I'm, I'm, You're proactively giving this one an 8? Uh, I, I, I like no, I it. Instead of the 7.9? No, I'm looking at it and saying, are the things that you dislike about this movie, do they have to do with the actual movie, or your expectation? And I'm trying to separate the two. Um, and I'm just dealing with the movie itself on its on face value, after watching it, you know, two times, and uh, that's where my eight comes from. All right, I'll give it a eight. I
1: won't be a douchebag. Hmm. Hair mat. Supreme leader mat.
0: I've only seen it once. I wish he so was
2: gigantic right now.
0: <laughs> it's really hard to put a number to it because, like I said, after I saw it the first time, like. So one of you guys asked, like, what did you think? And I, and I think I said, like, I, I'm overwhelmed or something. And then I thought back to my statement, like, the next day. And I thought, I wasn't really overwhelmed because the whole thing felt very surreal to me. It was almost like I was in a, a weird dreamlike state. Like, I wasn't able to fully absorb everything that I had just seen. And even after just seeing it one time we've talked about it in great detail, I still feel like I need to see it again and again and again to give it a real score. So this is strictly based on one viewing. And I reserve the right to change my score after I see it another time, but I'm going to go with an 8. I think that's fair. I I feel like I want it to be a 9,
1: but it's different the second time
0: yeah i everybody that saw it a second time has said they liked it better the second time
1: when we got home after the first time yeah i texted our buddy larry from the guest room he said once you're done seeing it just text me a letter grade and i told him a b and then the next day i went and saw it again and it was an a like there there was just i was able to really an 80 still a b just so you know I went from like eighty-nine to ninety. Like I was really able to separate the stuff that I really loved from it, from you know the more critical parts. Yeah. Because I feel like after the first time we see the third act is the last thing we see. Yeah. So we're left with surprise force powers and Star Killer base. Yeah. All the problems are right, right there in front of our face. Right. Like you know. By by that point, like I forget how much I love Finn and Poe and the, and the TIE Fighter. And even Finn and Ray on, on Jakku and all that stuff. So yeah, I, you gotta see it a second time.
2: And it's always so tough to judge Star Wars films because we all look at them through the prism of always knowing, beginning to end, the original trilogy, basically the whole way through since the first time we saw them. Like I was really young when I saw Jedi for the first time. So all I can remember is having that whole story intact so you don't have problems with cliffhangers or not enough of one character. See,
0: I saw them out of order. I don't remember what I saw first, Jedi or Empire, but I know I saw Star Wars last. Really? Yeah. I remember they put it on TV, and for the longest time, the version of Star Wars that I had to watch had commercials in it because we didn't know how to pause out the commercials then. (laughs) So, cause like my dad would just set the timer and record that way. That's why my Return of the Jedi was cut off at two hours, cause he set the timer on the VCR <laughs> for two hours, and I always didn't have the lightsaber duel on the tape between. Like it always got, or maybe it got cut off a little bit after that. I can't remember. But
1: I really I real quick before we before we call off for the night, I do want to say that I love the lightsaber duel between uh, between Rey and Kylo Ren. I thought it was great. I thought it was very primal. It was brutal. There was no you know crazy acrobatic prequel stuff in there. It felt a lot like Jedi where they're both just going at each other so re- regardless of you know any extraneous powers that Rio you know, Ray stumbles upon, upon but doesn't that. I thought the actual choreography oh. and the the visual of their fight together. Was really fucking.
2: Good. I was gonna say the, the stuff that happens at the end completely changes the dynamic of the battle. So I can't say that I loved it. Um, I liked it. Sure, the choreography it looked great and all that. It was realistic in the very beginning, but the end really ruins it. I mean, the way that you play that, if you're gonna have this planet erupting and cracking apart, man, you have her get her ass whipped like everybody else would, and then you have. The Earth crack and separate well, them like it did at the end, you know, ideally, and she gets away that yeah, way. Yeah, ideally she gets her ass kicked, and then
1: you know Chewie comes in, hits Kylo Ren with a barrage of cannon fire, and then she escapes on the Falcon. I, but um, you know the the Earth splitting between them was a little too convenient. But just the just the fighting part, the way the fighting was filmed, you know the 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 colors, the way they fought each other, like th- that part of it. I really really
2: liked. The one thing I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see was something in the trailer which is Kylo Ren stumbling through the forest and igniting his lightsaber for the first time. There were a the number of moments like that
0: that we didn't get. That was the one that jumped
2: out to me and I was like man that's that was like a really cool moment and I think they just cut it out for whatever reason. Yeah one I do want to
0: go out on a high note one really great thing about this movie out of Chewbacca has been in five Star Wars films now. Without a doubt, this was his best one. Undoubtedly. And he was good in a lot of them. But holy shit, did he shine in this one. He was very active.
1: Yeah, he was.
0: He was, I was pretty
1: pretty active in Jedi as I, well. I wish that he had... He was more active on Endor than Han was.
0: <laughs> yeah, he kind of was. I, I think I wish that he would have... Um, when Han died, he went on that little bit of a rampage. And I remember his bowcaster being kind of badass, but I don't remember it being quite the canon that it was in this movie. Why didn't they actually show him rip arms out of like some storm? Oh, yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Would that have Super been automated? Well,
2: uh, I don't know. I they
0: could have filmed it in a way that he could
2: have thrown them around a little bit. Like that would have I mean, been cool. Maybe I, I didn't
0: like
1: himself, the Han, Han's business with the bowcaster. Like motherfucker, he's had this thing right for fucking thirty years, I and you've been his best friend, know. and you've never fucking shot this thing before. Seriously, he's like, this like, is I the got, first time.
2: He's
0: like, I got to get one of these. It's like
2: this isn't new to you, dude. I, I like <laughs> when they come up and they save. Finn, and he's the one that has, and here you go. Here's back your weapon that I love now. Yeah, like, even if he doesn't rip
1: anyone's arms off, I would have loved, like, the stormtroopers to dogpile him, and he just gets up and just throws him, and he throws right. some down that yeah. cavern, throws him into the hallway, and just loses his shit.
0: Yeah, that would have been a nice touch, but didn't happen, but he still kind of went on a little bit of a rampage. I love that he fucking shot Kylo Ren like he he knows Kylo Ren is Han's son but he didn't give a shit he was like I'm gonna kill you now yeah and he hit him he didn't just shoot at him he fucking hit him and that was another cool little touch with Kylo Ren during the duel like he kept punching his wound almost like it was so psychotic it was like yeah don't give in to no I know that's why I like it he was basically telling himself don't give in to the pain you don't like pain doesn't belong on the dark side yeah and I, that was a cool little touch. It was just kind of a shame.
2: Man. Man. A lot of blood in this one, too. Man, it's, man, it's yeah,
1: well, even early on when the blood smeared on the Stormtrooper. Yeah. I was like, oh They're man. not fucking We're, around here. i never seen blood, be- blood before. Everything gets cauterized. So overall, McSauce are big fans of The Force Awakens. They do a lot of things right. Contrary to a this lot. podcast. When oh, you're like when I you're
2: texting like us with your hate messages, remember, eights across the board, crazy IG88s all
1: around. So calm down. When our biggest problem is phone pin. Fo and Yeah, that's their shipping name! Foe! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Fo
0: and pin! Fo
1: that's oh, what pin. you fucking said! Yeah. Yeah, well, our biggest problem is that Finn and Poe don't kiss. We fucking love this movie. We're going to stop right here. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian
2: Sharpley. Matt out. We'll see you next time.